This is Horsepower Happenings. Every once in a while, you get to the racetrack, and that pesky little bug crawls up and bites you, and you go, man, I had to dust off my driver's seat. No, I'll I'll never go back. uh, I'll never go back to full-time racing. I'm too old. I mean, there's there's some guys older than me still doing it. God bless them. Distinguished news, industry insight, and exclusive interviews. We wrapped it up at the end of last year. I will tell you this. We are going to run. You're the first person that's actually been told this officially. With Zach Heiser. Here comes Jared Horseman to the inside. He's got Max Dambaugh picked off. He's around Chase Ryan now. Jared Horseman up to third down the back straightaway. And Rich France. The number 11 Hilliker machine does have a flat right front tire, uh, some body damage. He may be able to come down into the hot pit and uh, replace his tire and get back out. Michigan Short Track Racing Authority. This is Travis Stemler. Showing what's for Trevor, the Hills Racing 47 Not This is Barry Marlowe. This is 14-time ARCA champion Ron Allen. This is three-time dirt car UMP national champion Rusty Schlink. And this is Horsepower Happenings. Good evening, race fans, and welcome into Horsepower Happenings on a beautiful Monday evening. It looks pretty. Man, it'll make a nice postcard for Christmas time in 2021. Gosh, it's a lot of garbage here in southern Michigan and and a, a very large amount of the United States. Wherever you're listening from, odds are you've got some sort of winter weather going on tonight. So uh, stay safe, stay warm. And past the time right here with Horsepower Happenings. We've got a great show coming up, two great interviews. But first, let's get into what's happening in a Motor City Minute. Unfortunately, the final night of the 50th annual Dirt Car Nationals was lost to Mother Nature. But the champions were still crowned on Saturday at Volusia Speedway Park. Devin Moran locked up the late model championship, earning himself the Big Gator Trophy. While in the Super Dirt Car Modifieds, it was Max McLaughlin who took home the Big Block Modified Championship. Jason Hughes closed out his UMP Modified Florida trip, uh, Florida Championship rather, last week. In the open wheel category, how about this? Elio Castroneves has added another NTT IndyCar Series event to his 2021 calendar. He'll be attending the Music City Grand Prix in Nashville, Tennessee. The race is one of six. Castroneves is slated to race in behind the Meyer Shank Racing 06. And we'll talk a little bit more about it later on in the show. But while we're talking Florida Speed Weeks and Championships, how about Stephen Nassie with the uh, big old new Smyrna World Series Championship? I know Rich is looking forward to covering that coming up. So let's bring in my co-host, Rich France. I'm Zach Heiser. Good evening, Rich. Got your snow boots on? Yes, I do, Zach. I'm looking out the window at the home studio here, and it does not look pretty out there, let me tell you. And it's uh, going to get worse. I, but everybody, like you said, everybody be safe. Yeah, it looks good. As long as you stay inside, it probably is a picture-perfect <laughs> moment, right? <laughs> yeah, locker and four-wheel drive tomorrow morning. Turn on horsepower happenings and, uh, you know, put her on the cushion and let her rip, right? It's <laughs> good dry slick practice in the morning. But uh, anyhow, down in Florida, man, another busy speed weeks as we wrap it all up. Yeah, we've, you know, we were, we've been covering the speed weeks, uh, you know, on horsepower happenings with stories for the last week or two. And now we have to wrap it up here on the show, Zach, which I don't know how we're going to do this so quickly, but we'll do the best we can. Uh, the action at Daytona kicked into high gear this weekend. And on Friday, uh, with a gaggle of trucks wrecking behind him as the field approached to the finish line, Ben Rhodes shot past, uh, Corey Roper in the tri-oval to tri-oval to win Friday night's next era energy 250. Uh, the 2021 season opener for the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series with a decisive push from Thor Sport Racing teammate Matt Crafton on the final lap of an overtime shootout. Rhodes had uh, more than enough momentum 
to charge past Roper in the final 400 yards. Rhodes claimed his first win at Daytona and the fourth of his career. And Zach, uh, while we're at it, rolling from his 12th starting spot, Portage, Michigan's Carson Hosevar uh, and his Nice Motorsports teammates quickly and intentionally fell to the back of the field to ride out the first two stages. The plan worked uh, as well with Hosevar narrowly missing several crashes ahead of him. Inside 30 laps to go, the plan changed as Hosevar began race with the front pack. Uh, the decision did get him collected, though, in a backstretch melee with 10 to go, and that looked as though it would dampen the rest of his event. Uh, the 18-year-old behind the wheel of the GM parts number 42 stayed resilient and continued to fight for positions, avoiding a front stretch melee coming to the checkered flag. Hosevar came home fifth in his very first career Daytona Oval race. Zach, what did you think? My gosh, I I have in it has been a very long time since I've been vocal toward my television set while watching a NASCAR race. But Portage, Michigan's Carson Hosevar, as they're crashing in spectacular fashion on the front stretch, I see that forty-two car dart out, and I went, "Come on, Carson! Come on, Carson!" And he crossed the line in fifth. And man, what a fantastic race by Carson! He laid back just as you said, uh, did a great job. His uh, his teammate Brett Moffitt got a little encouraged and got up into the pack. He got wrecked out early, so I think it was a great job by his Nice Motorsports teammates to hang out in the back and decide when to go. I wonder if he doesn't get in that backstretch accident, if he still finishes in the top five. I think he probably does. That truck looked very good all day. Unless the only, unless the only other thing that could have happened, he'd have been in, in it yes. with the rest of them. So, uh, no, I, I, was, I kept an eye on that, and I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, oh, I saw him back there coming out of turn four, yep. and I was watching him, and he made the move. I mean, it was It was a great move. It was a great move. It was the only move he had yeah. uh, and just missed all of it. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that was, that's got to be a top five. And sure enough, he sure finished enough. fifth. So congratulations to Carson. Well, I know you were watching this one uh, pretty close on Saturday, Rich. Arkham Menard series from Daytona. How about it? Can I tell you about this? I know you already know because you're the ARCA expert of the show, but let me take this off your hands. Corey Heim went basically, realistically, back-to-back, backing up his win at the end of 2020 and now coming out of the gates in 2021. He picked up the win in overtime after a restart over Drew Dollar, Brent Holmes, Ty Gibbs, and Kyle Siege. Uh, after that race, it was a double header at Daytona. The NASCAR Xfinity Series hit the track, and it was defending Xfinity Series champion Austin Sindrick who survived a crash field race to pick up his first ever Daytona victory. It was really hard to watch, though, because, well, it was full of so many crashes, Rich. So we crossed our fingers, hoped for luck that Sunday would be better, and then 15 laps in, we realized it wouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that happened really quick, didn't it, Zach? Uh, you know, and... And the big 16 car wreck uh, on lap 14. Problem was during the caution, the rains came. And then it was a six-hour wait before they could get uh, the track ready. They they almost had it dry, then it would rain again. They almost had it dry, and it would rain again. And and I was even wondering if I was going to see any racing. But uh, when I found out, you know, about 8 o'clock uh, at night that they were going to try and go green around 9 or 9.30, well, I had to kind of stick it out. And... Um, you know, it, it was it, it was really unusual. They, Denny Hamlin won the first two stages, and, you know, kind of everybody thought, man, is this going to be his night to go three in a row? Well, it didn't turn out that way. Uh, but what usually happens at Daytona, the race was decided on the final lap. 
A fiery multi-car pileup ensued heading into turn three. Brad Keselowski attempted a potential race-winning move on leader Joey Logano, and then the mayhem occurred. Through the carnage appeared the third-place car of Michael McDowell. Yes, Michael McDowell, who made it through untouched with the caution and the checkers flying together. McDowell would pick up the, his first-ever Cup Series win and collecting his first-ever Daytona 500 win in the process. He would finish ahead of Chase Elliott and Austin Dillon at the time of caution. Kevin Harvick would bring his number four machine home fourth, and Hamlin would have to settle for fifth. So, Zach, chalk one up for the little guys. So happy for Michael McDowell and that front row motorsports race team. You know, Michael McDowell has been in the Cup Series for so long, some 358, I believe, NASCAR Cup Series starts before getting his first win. And uh, I think this is great for McDowell because now his most memorable moment in the sport is not nearly killing himself at Texas Motor Speedway in a Michael Waltrip racing car in turn one of qualifying. So way to go, Michael McDowell, a man of deep faith. I appreciate that and respect that 100%. So uh, nice job. And I thought Denny Hamlin, to put a cap on this, I thought Denny Hamlin's tweet after the race was perfect. Hamlin said, and I'm speaking in verbatim here, Hamlin said McDowell was not a case of being lucky and in the right place at the right time. Those front row motorsports cars are always in contention to win at super speedways. Michael McDowell is a great super speedway racer, and it paid off for him last night. Yeah, well, you know, it, I, I just thought it was unbelievable. I'm, I'm a, I like going for the underdog, Zach. I really do. You don't like seeing the same guys win all the time. And, um, and I just thought it was great. You know, Michael McDowell had four Arkham and Art series wins to his credit. So it's not like he'd never won a race before, but, um, it, it was so cool to see him, uh, finally, you know, he is a nice guy and, and he's so grounded. It was finally good to see him, uh, get all the attention he deserves for other reasons. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and remember too, and I'm sure you remember this, uh, 2007 Toledo Speedway ARCA winner as well. So uh, there's a little connection for you for Michael McDowell. Elsewhere in Speed Weeks, of the nearly 50 cars on property, Elida, Ohio's Max Stambaugh had perhaps the most impressive performance of the night last week at East Bay Raceway Park, the king of the 360s as part of the Winter Nationals. Struggling in his heat race, Stambaugh raced his way into the main event through the B main rich because of passing points before driving through the field and finishing inside the top 10 to close out the night. Fellow Buckeye Tyler Gunn finished just ahead of Stambaugh in eighth after falling from his fourth starting spot. Several other drivers were on the property and were scattered through the A and B mains on Thursday night. On to Friday, Ohio's Max Stambaugh brought home another top 10 during the King of the 360s. Behind the wheel of the Nefco Incorporated 5S machine, Stambaugh was again the highest finishing Great Lakes region driver. Zane DeVault, who missed the show on night one, finished 10th. Tyler Gunn and Phil Gressman were the other regional drivers in the show, finishing 17th and 19th respectively. So congratulations to those 360 drivers. They're regulars with the Great Lakes Super Sprints. Nice showing down at East Bay, unfortunately, Saturday night, as was with most of Florida, got washed out. So we didn't get a chance to see how they do on night three, but great work to them. But what didn't get washed out, which I was tied to for a week, Zach, was New Smyrna. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I, was, I, was a, I was addicted to track pass for nine nights. <laughs> yes, yes. At, at and, New Smyrna. And how about New and, Smyrna, Rich? Great point. They didn't lose a single show that week, did they? Um, I don't think no, they, they got they, rained out they once. Had delays. They had delays, but, uh, but they, did not, they did not lose a whole show. Nice job. So going into the... 2021 World Series of Asphalt, there had been uh, 19, 19 different super late model points champions 
in the previous 19 years, Zach, can you believe that? Not one driver would repeat in the last 19 years. Uh, Well, Derek Griffith changed that by going back-to-back and defending his 2020 World Series championship. Uh, The driver from Hudson, New Hampshire, won three of the seven races in the Super Late Models held during the week, matching Bubba Pollard's mark when he won the title back in 2019. And Stephen Nassi didn't start his week at New Smyrna the way he wanted, uh, but it couldn't have ended any better this weekend for him. After missing night one, Nassi recorded finishes of 13th, 5th, 3rd, 6th, and 3rd in five starts. Uh, While those performances weren't terrible, the expectations were quite a bit higher for one of the top late model drivers in the country. And on the final weekend, uh, Nassi lived up to his expectations by sweeping the Pro Late Model 100 on Friday and the Orange Blossom 100 for the Super Late Models on Saturday. And another champion's note, Zach, uh, Cody Swanson, who we were wondering how he was going to do in his first uh, uh, venture into full-body late models, uh, wrapped up the Pro Late Model World Series Championship for Platinum Racing. Platinum Racing would take home two titles uh, down at New Smyrna uh, during Speed Weeks with Bill Burba, taking home the Florida modified title as well. So nice job by Platinum Racing. And Zach, to finish things up, to wrap it up down there at, uh, at, at the, the World Series, Tour Modifieds, big money, Matt Hirschman closed out Speed Weeks by capturing his fifth Richie Evans Memorial 100. The win would also secure his third career World Series championship. But the performance of the week, Zach, I have to say, out of all the events, came from Ryan Priest. Uh, due to Daytona qualifying, Priest had to start from the tail of the John Blewett Memorial uh, because he missed qualifying at New Smyrna while he was at Daytona. Priest would drive from his 35th starting position to go on to win. Just incredible. And now, Zach, Speed Weeks is wrapped up down in Florida. I enjoyed, enjoyed every night of it. And uh, 2021 Speed Weeks, uh, for me, was very, very entertaining. I tell you what, I wasn't down there, but I'm exhausted. Um, so great job to all the racers who went down there from the Midwest. Uh, glad that you guys were able to go down there and put on a show. And uh, congratulations to all the winners as well for a great showing down there at Speed Weeks. And I tell you what, Rich, 2021, I might have to book some rooms and a flight or something because watching it all on the big screen is is not exactly up my alley. So maybe in 2022, I'll see it in person. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, we'll need to go down there and catch some of it, right? It, mm-hmm. I mean, there's no way. I mean, it, I, I wish our bosses were so nice uh, outside <laughs> of this that we could just disappear for February and say we'll be back in March. That yes. would be really nice, but I yes. don't think that's going to happen. No, probably not. But, uh, man, I guess that is the way that it goes sometimes. Time to get into our featured interview tonight, and this is a guy, Rich, um, who he and a couple of buddies are really kind of um, – Grabbing the Midwest by the horns all of a sudden and Outlaw Super Late Model Racing, I know this announcement grabbed your attention for sure. Yeah, it sure did, especially with all my experience with Outlaw Late Models uh, the last several years. But uh, a lot of noise in the in the great in the Great Lakes region. Uh, brand new Outlaw Late Models uh, Outlaw Super Late Model Series uh, has just been announced. Revealed the Hammer Outlaws are looking to make a big splash in 2021. Uh, joining us is one of the gentlemen behind this new series, Rich Mercer. Welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Thanks for having me, for sure. Now, uh, 
when, when fans talked about Outlaw Super Late Model Series in the past, it was mostly main event racing series and the ARCA Gold Cup Series. Kind of introduce us to reveal the hammer and talk about how this came about. Basically, it's uh, Donnie Klotz, who was the former promoter owner at New Paris. He was the one who approached me over a year ago and said, hey, do you think this would work? And I actually said no. I said, this, this, this class isn't, you know, not, it's, not in, it's not in good shape. And uh, he kept after me and I kept after me. And, and uh, finally I said, yes. I said, you know, I think we'll, we'll, we'll try this, you know. So basically what we're trying to do is see who will travel. You know, we've, we've all seen the local tracks and some of them do late models with a lot of success. Some of them struggle. So there's, there's tracks out there now that don't have them as a featured uh, division. And we can come in and hopefully bring 18 to 20 cars to a track that doesn't normally host late models. So that's, that's kind of the vision. So what changed rich uh i mean what what was the you said he was wearing you down i mean what what finally changed your mind to to uh have the ambition to go ahead and try this you know honestly it's like uh the old saying you know when somebody tells you you can't do something long enough <laughs> and that's the way i was with with donnie i was like you know i said i don't think this is going to work and basically he was he was wearing me down. He's like, he's like, I, I want to try it. I really want to do this. I really, you know, and finally he called me and he called and he said, Hey, I really want to do this. And I thought, I'm like, okay, you know, and I'm familiar with the late models, really familiar with them. And you know, there's, it's, there's a, there's some positives to it. There's a, it's a great class for sure. You know, the cars are sleek. Um, there's some great race car drivers out there and uh, some good race teams. And finally, after a lot of discussions, we just, you know, decided to go for it. It's like, and just see what we got, you know. And when you say big splash, we're we're not making a big splash. We're making a little splash, you know. <laughs> just like, it's like, <laughs> there's no promises here, you know. There's no grand illusion of like, you know, we're going to show up and uh, pay a bunch of money and have this great big point fund. No, no, no. It's, it's actually kind of the opposite well so we're looking at um you know we're looking at seven races right now on the schedule uh from new paris Mm -hmm. anderson berlin birch run and auto city the thing about it though is that no matter the size of the splash uh you know there's a ripple in the water you're the first ones to kind of come about and and have this touring thing now we talked with corrigan oil speedway uh, a couple of weeks ago, and they're going to do this Big 8 Challenge for their super late models. Of course, you've got Springport that runs every other week. Owasso has a couple of dates on their schedule that was just released, as we talked about a couple of minutes ago. Um, but mm-hmm. but this splash is still a ripple in the water. I mean, there, there's nothing going on, really, as far as tours for uh, Outlaw Super Late Models right now. And it really hasn't. It's always been a little fragmented. Um, Adam Terry came out with a calendar and he sent it over to me when we were putting together the schedule. And honestly, if you have a late model and you're willing to travel, there is a lot of races to go to. Really there is, you know, so we're just trying to fit in a little bit to the tracks that don't necessarily have them every week. 
and to the guys that want to run slicks. You know, a lot of local tracks are going to do the D800s or F70 or whatever they come up with, which is fine. That's, that's It's really a good combination for most local tracks. But I think there is some teams out there that still want to run slicks. And we want to be that series. If a guy wants to put slicks on his car and go race, you know, particularly at Berlin, it's like Berlin's always been like a, a a major factor in the late model in the late model world. And like Nick and I were talking at the beginning, he's like, "Dude, we don't have any cars anymore." You know, and it's like it's almost like a tragedy. You know, yeah. it's like there's nobody up here. So hopefully, we can add a little bit of life to that. Um, that's kind of the goal is to to breathe a little bit of life back into the you know, the, the, the true outlaw late models with slicks on them, you know, that's, that's, that's kind of the vision. Now question seeing you, you know, you brought up the tires, um, you know, things have been a little different. I mean, obviously everybody knows that, uh, you know, the outlaws have been over on this side of the state, specifically at flat rock running weekly, uh, for quite a long time. Um, and the rules have always seemed to be a little bit different, even though they had the Alliance rules, uh, not everybody did that. How do you navigate that to where you did you try to find a, a common medium to where the guys that run on this side of the state can run and, and the guys that run on the other side of the state as well uh, would still be interested uh, within the rules package? The, the, the rules have always been a factor, you know, in and honestly, with outlaw cars, you really don't need a lot of rules, you know. It, and that's one of the things we're going to bring to the table. It's like, we're not going to be the guys that like, we're not going to show up at nine o'clock in the morning and do tire impound and push your car through tech 14 times. We're not going to do any of that. <laughs> you know, we've got a really good tech official that's been around. And that's the other thing. We've got a really seasoned group here. Yeah. Break down, and go ahead and break down your group that you've got there, Rich, because this is a good, good chance. Tell me who, who you're partnered with here. Well, I'm the youngster. Yeah, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the baby of the group at 50 <laughs> years old. How about that? You know, Donnie's, uh, Donnie Klotz is in his 60s, and he's been racing since the 70s, uh, been around these cars and, and racing his whole life, you know. Mm-hmm. And Jeff Ochask is the same way. He's, you know, and it's kind of funny because we all kind of started racing at Hartford Speedway, you know. They, those two guys on the <laughs> pavement, I started in 95 on the dirt, mm-hmm. but – we've all been around and like I say, I'm the baby. We got Jeff and, 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 and Donnie, they're in their sixties. And then we got a couple other guys doing PR that are older. I won't mention their, their, their number, but it's like, you know, it's like we're, we're that That's the thing with Jeff as a tech official. There's not much that guy's never, you know, it's like, you can't pull something over on it. You know, he's been around, he's built cars, he's raced cars. And, and that's what we want to, one of the things we want to communicate to the, to the, to the teams and the drivers. It's like, I don't, we don't, we're not going to like fidge over an eighth of an inch or, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit of left side percentage. It's like, we all know who's going to go fast. Right. And we all know it's like, we don't need to like be NASCAR. I don't want to like point fingers at anybody, but we don't want to be like really, uh, we don't want to throw anybody out for stupid infractions. And, and, and the other thing is it's like, we're, 
it's kind of hard to communicate this, but it's like, we're, we're not going to save anybody money. That ship is sailed. You know, it's right. like, yeah. we're not going to come up with some stupid shock rule that's going to save uh, anybody money. Everybody's got shocks that cost way too much, you know, and the cars cost way too much. So we're going to just like, let that be where it's at. And hopefully, um, bring 18 to 20 cars to the track. That's, that's the goal. Now you brought up, uh, you know, you're helping me out here because you're bringing up all of, all of the key points to my, to my questions. Um, mm-hmm. obviously traveling does cost the teams more if, if they want to travel, uh, you know, a lot, mm-hmm. a lot easier than driving 10 or 15 minutes from your house. Um, and you said you're not going to be paying a whole lot of money. What is your purse? What are your purses going to look like uh, at these events? And are they going to change based on a 75 or 100 lapper? Well, basically, we came up with a pretty basic purse. And with Donnie as a former promoter, he knows that economic, you know, what a racetrack can really afford. And we cannot go into these racetracks and say, you know, the purse is going to be 25 grand. That, that doesn't work for the, for the racetracks. Now, with that said, we've come up with a pretty basic purse structure. It's 15,000 total. And, but most of the tracks said, hey, we're going to do our own. You know, and Fred at Birch Run was one of them that said, you know, his last race, that September 11th date, he's like, I really want that to be a 10,000 win show great you know i mean it's like <laughs> that's i'm all for that you know so and and, and nick at berlin said the same thing he's like hey well you know we kind of got our own purse so we're not coming in with like any like going back to the big splash it's like we're not coming in and saying you got to pay you know this fee and that fee we don't have any fees you know there's no like uh burden on the racetrack the racetracks have enough burdens Mm-hmm. So, do you have any? Uh, I mean, so you talked about Bertrand with ten thousand to win. You said you kind of hinted Berlin wants to do their own pay structure. Do you know what these races will pay to win yet, or is that still in the works? It's pretty much still in the works. And don't 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 let that cat out of the bag with Fred because he'll he'll kick my ass over that <laughs> one. He's, he 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 wants it to be ten thousand to win. He's like, you know, I met him for the first time in Florida this year. And he's a he's a really he's a smart guy. You know, mm-hmm. he's and, and, and he, he knows that, you know, obviously the racers are going to like really be interested in what it pays. Right. And we want to, one of the things we're working really hard on is some travel money, you know, kind of goes back to a few seconds ago about the travel. Obviously it costs money to go up and down the road. And one of Donnie's visions at the very beginning was to come up with some program to give guys an incentive to follow the series and give guys a little extra money when they get there, you know, and I, I don't want to say too much about that, but I think we have somebody that's going to help us with that. That's fantastic. And, uh, yeah. And, and anybody that, you know, that's listening and wants to raise their hand and, and follow the series. One of the things I really want to stress is if you make an effort to go to all the races, we're going to be, we're going to be very happy for you. You know, <laughs> Cause we need everybody, you know, we need all the cars we can get obviously, but 
anybody that wants to like follow the series is going to be rewarded. Okay. And, and that goes with contingencies. We've got some contingency sponsors that are, you know, wanting to come support the series. And I want to base that around like perfect attendance instead of giving a guy uh, a little bit every week, you know, at the end of the year, we'll give them a big, and not, I shouldn't say big, we'll give them something, but I'd like to base that around perfect attendance. And I, you know, I looked up, uh... Looking over the schedule, there were a couple things that that caught my eye, but I think the first one was looking through these dates. Um, there are some long-standing outlaw late model races um, in the area, and you guys have seemed to dodge around them. And I think that's pretty cool. Where you're not trying to compete, hundred percent. And I and like going back to Adam Terry. I've known Adam since he was a baby, and. When, when we started talking about this, he jumped right in and said, hey, I got this calendar, and I've got it right here on my computer. And, yes, we have no grand illusions of, like, disturbing anybody's races, you know. And, obviously, like, Kalamazoo, they're kind of the anchor of the whole state. And anytime they run a big race, we ain't racing. You know, it's like we don't and, – and same with Donnie at, at Springport when I talked to him about some races, he's like, Hey man, I'm going to, we're going to do our own thing over here. And he gave me the dates. You know, we really wanted to have a race on 4th of July. I mean, I really wanted to have a race on 4th of July, but he was having one and Gales was probably going to have something on that same weekend. And it's like, well, this, I'll go to the lake. You know, it's like, <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just take that night off. Yeah. You know, and actually you can see a pretty big gap there in July mm-hmm. and Donnie and I were just kind of laughing about it. We're like, I guess we'll just go to the lake in July, you know, and probably you need a breather. So. Talking with uh, Rich Messero, one of the, uh, the minds behind the new reveal, the hammer outlaw super late model series, uh, which will be running here in Indiana and Michigan in 2021. Uh, Rich, here's my question. You talk about these events and, and Rich France brought this up that are already scheduled at racetracks across the region. Is there any thought mm-hmm. process to come in and kind of be just the sanction behind those events to try and now don't get me wrong. These racetracks already have great groundwork laid. They already have spectacular super late model events, but come in and try and either help raise the purse or bring some of your guys in or add it as a points race on your schedule. Is there any interest in adding some of those events to your sanction list? We kind of already did that. I mean, when, when, when Nick at Berlin, when him and I first talked, you know, him and Fred at Bertram were already working on like a four race thing. And he's like, Hey, you want to do all that together? And I'm like, sure. You know, our, our initial goal was to, to have six races. And there was like four that just popped out of the, you know, at, at two great racetracks. So I'm like, yeah, we'll do that. And, and to answer your question, it's like, yeah, we're, if, if, if another racetrack came up and said, Hey, you know, and that's already kind of happened. And, but there was some conflict, so we just said, eh, we won't do that. But yeah, we'll, there's. So, so the example this first would be. Year, for... We just want to like get our feet wet. Okay. And then next year, if, if somebody wants to like do like, like what you're saying, yeah. Yeah, we'll listen to it for sure. Because, you know, I think about, obviously, the Intimidator 100, and this is all just an example. Intimidator 100 at Mm -hmm. Kalamazoo, right? It's a spectacular event, standalone event. Everyone knows what it is. It's a season opener for Outlaws at Kalamazoo Speedway. But 
could it be even better with a reveal the hammer sanction behind it? Same with the uh, Galesburg's, you know, Fourth of July deal, Springport, with some of the big shows they've got. That's kind of my thought process is I wonder if, you know, you come in, and for the Dirt fans listening, right, American Ethanol Late Model Tour did the same thing with the Wood Tick event at Merritt Speedway a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. just helped raise that purse, kind of raise the interest around the event more than it being just a local uh, race that night. Now it's a touring series event. Yeah, and for you know, for 2022, that's out. It's on the table for sure. You know, I haven't talked to Gary at Kalamazoo. Like I say, he's always done his own thing. Really, never sanctioned any races, which is fine. It's great, you know. And like you say, he's got some big races for sure. Um, but he's got his own group. You know, it's like they 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 they've always had their their own. They've always done their own deal, you know. But other racetracks. Yeah, if they wanted to do something, we'd 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 love to. You know, that'd be that'd be. I think it'd be good for everybody. Now, now back to the schedule, Rich. Uh, I, I gotta say, mm-hmm. a lot of these racetracks on here, the way the schedule's set up, have had outlaw super late models there in the past, except for Anderson Speedway. I don't recall the outlaws ever running at Anderson. It's been a while, and. When, when Jared approached us at first, I don't even know when the last time they had an outlaw race. It had to have been in the 90s, maybe a Magnum Oil race, like decades ago. So, yeah, it's they're excited about it for sure. You know, they've, they've uh, kind of got their niche with a little bit with the wingless sprint cars and, and CRAs, you know, kind of anchored around there. But, yeah, they're, they're, they're wanting to do an outlaw race and Hopefully it goes well, you know, and I think if, if it does go well, that, uh, they may even look for a second one on the, on the, on the, you know, maybe, maybe two for next year. And I say, you know, you guys, it's not like you guys have a whole lot of time. Um, you're not waiting to get the season rolling too far. You're kicking things off on May 8th. Um, where are you guys now at with your program and kind of what do you have left to do? We're in a pretty good spot right now we've got uh most of the bases covered as far as you know the tech and the rules we'll put the rules on out on the internet maybe by the end of this week if they're pretty much done you know we just got to change a little bit of language so that's just about done like i say the 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 schedule we really only wanted six races and that came pretty quick and when you look at the schedule yeah we got may 8th at new paris come right straight back May 15th at, at, at Anderson. And then you got the, the, the two up in Michigan right back to back. And Donnie and I have kind of been giggling about it. It's like, you know, come June 12th, we're going to know a hell of a lot more than we know now, <laughs> you know, <laughs> we're going to know like, you know, cause it's like, you kind of got an Indiana back to backer and then you got a Michigan back to backer. And it's like, we're going to know right off the bat. And then the two Michigan races, it's like, you know, the money in the bank with the template cars on a Wednesday night, you know, it's a huge risk. You know, it's like <laughs> and when that first came, when Nick first said that, I was like, Oh my shit, I don't know what we're going to do there. <laughs> and then, then two nights later, we're going to race at Birch run with sprint cars. And I'm like, Oh my God. So I, I called a few guys and they were elated. They were like, Oh man, that sounds awesome. Let's go. 
And I'm like, oh, okay, let's try it. You know. And I, and I was going to ask, and I was going to ask you, you know, um, you know, main event racing series had gone gone quite, raced for quite a long time, and mm-hmm. you know, it, it got to the point where, you know, unfortunately, it was eight, nine, ten cars, eleven cars showing up. Um, are you guys nervous that that may happen, or do you do you have your bases covered? And you feel pretty comfortable that you're going to have full fields every night. I'm terrified. I'm terrified. I, there's no way I want to like go 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 to the racetrack with that. I mean, it's just you know, it, it it's just a bad look. So, and it, it, is it a possibility? Yes. There's there's no doubt about it. And I think every you know, promoter I'm not, is I'm not going to blow any sunshine. I'm right. Not, you know, it's like right. there's no sunshine here. Well, I think you know? any promoter that would level with you would say that, right? Their biggest fear is that you show and whether that's a tour or a racetrack, you show up on race day and you know fans are expecting a show and you have a bad car count that can happen to anybody well and that kind of goes back to what we were just talking about with the show money we're we're, we're trying to build um a, a group of guys that, that commit you know and we've got a few but we need a few more you know to to and like i say we're I, i'm pretty sure donnie has somebody that will help it's going to help us established and we don't really know exactly how this is going to look um well and you just ask you know if there is there, if there, is there anything where else we'll work on it. we're working on that and that's to so we can tell the promoter and i think we'll know right before the race kind of who's going to be there i've got a list you know of the of the drivers that we know have cars and between donnie and myself and a few other people, you know, Adam Terry's, like I say, he's been great helping us with this. And, but no, we do not want to race with nine cars ever. You know, that would be, it would be, a, it would be just a bad look for everybody. Well, and we did see, you know, that one, we did see here that we have a couple of, of uh, loose commitments, right? We're talking, uh, you talked about Adam Terry, maybe the Roarigs, Bozell's, uh, Glass City 200 champion, Steve Needles may be involved in this as well. I mean, you got some people really interested in what's going on. Yes. You know, and I just talked to Steve Saturday. Uh, I work with him every day. Um, and, Brandon Schwartz, part of his team, and it sounds like they're going to mo- race most of them. But you know, the, the the intentions are great, you know. But just like we're saying with the schedule, you know, if something happens the night before, you know, or, or, or I shouldn't say the night before, but like if you if something happens at Berlin, you're not going to Bertrand, you know, that's two days later, and these cars are too hard to fix. So, you know, intentions are one thing, you know, uh, getting to the racetrack is, it's, it's, it's hard. For sure. I know for the fan, I know for the fans, Rich, um, and I don't know if you guys are thinking about this at all, um, you know, advertising pre-entries. So, you know, you know who you're expecting to be there and the fans know who they expect to be there. It's huge. It's huge. It's, there's no, there's nothing more important than that, you know. And, and we, yes, we have intentions of, of, we saw that this year with the, with the, you know, some of the, on the dirt side, especially, you know, where you have kind of an invitation. We talked about that too, you know, having, you know, an invitational where you, 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 you absolutely publish a, a driver list. I mean, it's, it's important for the fans, it's important for the drive, for the, for the, for the racetrack. 
Mercerow. Well, it's been a pleasure. Uh, Rich Mercerow, the uh, one of the people behind... Mercerow. Mercerow, I'm sorry. Mercerow. Mercerow. Yeah. <laughs> I was looking at it even, too, and I still said it wrong. Um, I missed an R. That's why. Mercerow. Anyhow, Rich uh, is one of the guys behind the reveal, the Hammer Outlaw Super Late Models, which will be debuting this year. Rich, where can folks go to keep up with what's going on, maybe get some more information? Or, uh, Rich, maybe they're listening to this and they have some more questions if they're a driver or a team owner. How can they see what's going on and reach out to somebody? We started a Facebook page, and we've, we're we're talking about doing a a website that'll probably happen, but right now it's a Facebook page and uh, you can leave a message. A few people have, well, you guys did. And we respond, we respond right away to, to any messages on the Facebook page. So, oh, all right. Very good. And we've got a, we've got two guys that are working on PR and we plan on having a press release at least once a week until the season starts, you know, and then we'll have results and, we got two seasoned guys. I won't. I'll, I'll protect the names of the innocent, but they're they're <laughs> they're they're very they're very good. <laughs> very good. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Rich, it's been so, a pleasure to chat tonight. Good luck with everything that you've got going on in 2021. I know that Rich or I, somebody will have to make it out to an event at some point and see what's going on with Reveal the Hammer. Check them out on Facebook and see what's going on. Rich, thanks for joining us tonight. Thank you. Well, this goes way back to the very beginning with Outlaw Super Late Models and some of the drivers that we had back then. You may see in the Reveal the Hammer series in 2021, but we talked about it last week. We had some bookkeeping and some things to finalize, but now this week it is going to happen. It's the HPH Best Driver Challenge presented by Nefco Metal Fabrication in Jonesville. Steve Harding, I uh, got a hold of him. He's going to help us out with this. It's dirt sprint car time and scott menlin asked me he goes are we going to have any drivers outside of the great lake super sprints and i said i don't think so because that is a very competitive tour rich 12 drivers going to go head to head starting tomorrow night yeah we're going to have to we're going to have to take a look at uh and see who's all entered zach i mean there that's a really really the, the great lake super sprints is an extremely tough series of I mean, that's the Great Lakes Super Sprints. I mean, that's all you know around here. But, it, you know, there are some, you know, sprint car drivers, um, you know, from just south of our borders. Yeah. And, and we'll have to take we'll have to take a look at those guys. Some of them have great resumes. Mm. But uh, but some of the drivers that are almost guaranteed to be in this um, have great resumes themselves. So we'll have to we'll have to see how it works out. Like I said, we have uh, we have no individual choice in who's going to be in this. And we surely don't have a choice who's going to win it, but it's, I bet it's sure going to be fun. It is going to be great. And, uh, you know, the reason why we talk about the Great Lakes Super Sprints, and, yeah, you did mention it, right? So Butler runs on a regular basis. They run sprint cars all the time. Some great drivers came out of that. Ken Mackey, right, he's uh, he's in that retirement age. He's not really around much anymore. Does he get in the show? We'll have to see. How about, uh, you know, some of these – uh, we talk about uh, guys that are retired. Zimmerman, Doug Zimmerman, the Butler guys will remember that guy dominated. He went on to other tracks and did really well uh, as well in that 19 machine. So we're going to have some looking to do. This will be over the last 10 years. Those guys are right at the edge of that. So um, it's going to be a lot of fun to see what happens with this HPH Best Driver Challenge. And we're, Zach, we're going to have to take a peek at some of the guys down at Attica and Fremont as well. Mm -hmm. So uh, we'll be look. We're, we're not going to forget the. Uh, forget the Buckeyes uh, out of this thing either. So, right. but we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, 
get everybody in there and, and get voted on who deserves to be in there. And we'll have to narrow it down somehow. Check it out tomorrow night, 8 o'clock, first round, HPH Best Driver Challenge, presented by Nefco Metal Fabrication. This will be for dirt sprint cars, and you can find the uh, voting exclusively on Horsepower Happenings' Facebook page. Well, Rich, as promised, the guy who won our last HPH Best Driver Challenge is here, and that's not the only reason we're having him on the show. He had a tough week down at Florida, but there's always something you can learn when you're behind the wheel of a race car, so we're excited to have him on. Let us know who we're talking to. Yeah, Zach, uh, another gentleman that I was able to catch up when I made the trip out to the desert uh, at the Wild West shootout. We hung out for a little bit. Um, Like you said, picked up the win in our HPS Best Driver Challenge presented by Domination Race Cars for the Dirt Lake Models. Shortly after that, he headed down to Florida to get some racing in. We'll get into all that. Uh, Chad Finley, uh, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. Great. First, Chad, uh, congratulations on this HPH Best Driver Challenge. I know we were we were texting back and forth a lot. Um, what, what I thought was cool was uh, in that final with David Melke, you guys set a record for total and individual winning votes. And I just thought it was cool that how much the fans got involved in this, um, even there wasn't a big check for you at the end of it, uh, <laughs> it had to make you feel good with the support that the, that the fans put out for that challenge. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, we got a lot of great supporters and everything like that. And it was, uh, it was pretty cool. Like, I don't think I'm the best race car driver by any means. I don't really think it was ever even about that. You know, I think it was an awesome opportunity to just put your name out there and, uh, get people voting for you. It was a lot of fun too. And I know we, uh, you know, we talked a little bit on and off and, and I guess I can release that you told me, you, you know, not a lot of people like me, but, uh, and I kind of got a kick out of that, but I think you had to even be surprised the support you got, even from your old pavement friends who came on board to support you. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah that was really cool to have all those guys uh, come back on there again. I haven't talked to a ton of those people in a very long time, so that was really cool. But, I mean, I have people who like me, and you have people who don't like me, right? That's just, that's just how the world is. But uh, it was awesome to pick up our first, you know, you can call Victory, it a win, Chad. You're allowed. Season. You're allowed to call it a you win. Call it a win. Yeah, <laughs> I will call it a win. But so it was cool to get that, and then uh, head down to Florida. I just want to last thing on this because it is kind of weird to talk about, right? Because it was just a social media thing, and, and you called it. Uh, it's a great promotional thing for our sport. It was obviously a great promotional thing for us. But you put up a really nice post after that um, that you kind of took this opportunity to basically. <laughs> I'm going to put this in extreme layman's terms. Tell people to quit being jerks um, in the world. I thought that was really cool how you were able to kind of uh, tell a little bit of a story there and and kind of encourage a lot of people along the way as well. Yeah, I mean, um, I've been picked out my whole life just because I drive race cars. A lot of people don't, and and I'm not the best talker in the world either. So um, there's a lot of people that pick on people for things like that. Um, I see a lot of drivers' wives on there, you know, like putting comments that are super nasty towards anybody mostly towards me, but, um, you know, there's a lot of people that I talked to this year who don't really, you know, like they never talked to me and they had this opinion of me. And then once they got to know me, they really liked me. And I talked to a lot of people all the time, you know, all the time on Facebook, I'm always talking to people. And, um, there's a lot of people who don't really, I don't know if they've like had one talk to me or something like that, but they just have like a strange opinion of me to where they don't really, you know, exactly know who I am. 
Well, NASCAR Camping World Truck Series former competitor Chad Finley, it can be a little intimidating. But anyhow, beside that, now you're back racing dirt late models. We've talked about that story before. Uh, go back and find the old episodes available anytime on demand, horsepowerhappenings.com. Speaking of, you're gearing up for a big season in 2021. It all started down at Volusia this past uh, week or so. Man, what a tough week you had down there. And it wasn't even that you didn't have performance. It was just bad luck. Take me through your week at Volusia. All right. So we got to the track. Um, I think it was Sunday night. And they told us we couldn't park there. They were out of parking spots. So we went to the Walmart. Had to stay at the Walmart overnight. And then uh, first day we broke an engine in hot laps. And we qualified. We still qualified like fifth or sixth or something like that. And so we changed the motors. That puts you automatically usually about a day behind. And it was a brand new car for us and all that stuff. So I just want to leave the car alone on the first day and, you know, just kind of like see where we were. Right. So, so I did that and then we broke an air compressor and the hauler. So we got that fixed and broke an air compressor again the next day and the hauler. And then we broke the air conditioner from the toter home. Goodness. So it was just a tough week. Like everything was breaking and it was, uh, it, it was very hard to keep your chin up. But then we made the race. We had, you know, I mean, our speed was pretty good all week, honestly. Like we were top, five to six just when we got into like heat races and stuff we we're just a little bit off you know just trying to learn our new car right so um it was a tough week and then it ended there thursday night there was a huge accident getting into turn one i just didn't have anywhere to go and we kind of knocked the rear end out of the car and bent a bunch of stuff and broke the fuel cell so we decided to come home a day early but i mean that's just how it goes it was just a tough week altogether I and mean, we learned a ton and we got a lot better throughout the week you know but it was just it was it was a hard week man it was every time i go to florida like i went there to speed week in like 2015 and i broke three motors and this is every time i go to florida i just seem to have bad luck so it was just uh it's just another florida trip for me now we talked a little bit uh you know out in the desert and and, and you said one of the reasons was you wanted to learn more about those longhorns uh, did that help you at all before you got to florida because uh you were very involved when, when we were out in the desert. Yeah. Um, there's just some things I wanted to like change. And I didn't start changing stuff until Wednesday. So at that point, you know, you're automatically just two days behind really. So I know all those guys have been racing for a long time. I'm not making any excuses. You know, we should have ran a little bit better than what we did. And I think come Thursday, I think we we're going to be pretty good, but it's just so hard to pass at Volusia. There's everything. They really bummed me out when that happened because they brought me back to NASCAR racing and how hard it is to pass with dirty air and stuff like that. So that was disappointing to just, you know, have to deal with that there. But, um, and we learned a lot. I got a lot better. I think everybody, everybody over to Bill Stein and they really helped me out. And we got going there at the end of the week. I just took a ran the last, well, I ended up being Friday night was the last night, but, um, that's how racing luck goes sometimes and see what we can do. What, what sort of things do you take from your notebook from Volusia that you can apply up here? I mean, we haven't seen the official Chad Finley racing schedule yet, but obviously uh, being from central Michigan, we expect you to run in the state quite a bit and then uh, venture out a little bit. And Michigan surfaces are so hard to get a handle anyhow. What were you able to take from down there that you might be able to apply to that Longhorn up here? And we just, I mean, it was the baseline more than anything. Like the baseline was really good, I think, for here, but down so different down there that it, it was just way too tight and we kept you know fighting that for two or three days we finally got the tightness out of the car then we went too far with it wednesday night 
so we came back a little bit halfway and we were really good on Thursday. But I think you can take all you know all your tiny changes that you make, you know, kind of what it made the car feel like and do. I, I think that kind of all. I think it'll help you up here. I mean, it's just gonna you know it. It's gonna take a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now for the layman's fan, uh, let let me ask you to break this down a little bit. Someone listening may go. I don't understand why a chassis change requires so much studying. It's a late model race car. How much can you change on those things? There can be a very big difference from chassis to chassis, you know, Longhorn, Rocket, Ruhlman's, uh, you know, uh, whatever you, Master Built, whatever you're running, they can be very different depending on what you've got going on. Yeah, I mean, this car here is completely different. Like, it has a lot more sideways traction. Um, my other car, I how I drive it, I kind of have to like hold the traction in the car. So that was way different. The shock package is completely different. Spring package is completely different. So it's just all totally different, how everything works together and all the little pieces of stuff like that. Um, it'll be a learning process. You know, I, I don't think we're going to hit on it right away. Obviously we didn't. And it'll probably take, you know, probably end of March, maybe end of April before we actually get the car, you know, headed how I feel that kind of needs to feel. Now, you released, uh, before you went down there, you released all your sponsors for 2020 and a picture of that beautiful 42 machine. What do you guys got? What's next up on your schedule now? We're, uh, I know you're not going to wait until uh, we can go racing up here, that's for sure. No, I mean, we had a tough week. We got to go through the car. There's a lot of stuff that's unfortunately pretty tore up on it. So we'll get all that fixed. And uh, I thought I'd maybe going to Smoky Mountain um, first week of March. I think they have two world out races down in Tennessee. So I thought we'd maybe doing those and then we'll find somewhere to go maybe the end of March. And then uh, we'll probably go up to Attica the first week of April or something like that. And then we'll race around here at home some. I mean, we'll run all the challenge races and all that stuff. And then we'll, I mean, I'm going to do a lot of bouncing around. I don't plan to, you know, stay home every weekend. I don't really want to do that anymore. I don't think it get any better that way. And uh, that's something I want to, something I want to take on this year for sure. You know, Chad, we talked in the offseason, you know, Rich keeps alluding to that as well. And I wondered, you know, is there a Lucas tour or a World of Outlaw tour in in your future? And you told me probably not in 2021, but what are your goals looking forward with this dirt race car, with this uh, with this late model? I mean, uh, you're going to run all the Challenge Series races, maybe a Challenge Series championship. And and then what? What what would you like to do? I would like to run a full time uh, series probably next year. Um, We'll just have to see how it shakes out. There's a lot of moving parts in our family business and all that kind of stuff. What I'm going to do sometime down the road. So I might not ever have the opportunity to do that, but if I have the opportunity, it's probably going to be next season. So we'll see you there, but we won six races last year. I'd like to win, you know, seven to 10 this year would be really good for us. We just got to get better. I mean, that's just, I mean, that's just kind of what it's all about, you know, take every opportunity that you can from the racetrack to just try and get better. And we also know now this year, uh, now that the schedules are coming out, two trips to Michigan for the Summer Hell Tour. Uh, you thinking about putting those on your schedule as well? Yep, I already got them on. I don't have it completely done yet. That's why I haven't put it out. But uh, for sure going to do uh, Hartford, um, Thunderbird, and all those races up here. Everything over to Merritt, try City, and all that stuff. But I'd like to probably do a couple more of the Hell Tour races. They will do like seven to ten of them. And then we'll do all the challenge races around here at home. And then we'll probably run a couple of World Outlaw races, a couple of Lucas races, probably towards the end of the season. So I like to run about 45 to 50 races this year. I think we only ran 28 last year. So I just need seat time. Uh, 
especially in the Longhorn. Um, it's really different. So I get that car rolling a little bit better than it already is. I think it's going to be really good when we bring it back home. I'm super excited to race it at home, but all those guys are so good when you go out. Um, I'm not taking anything away from everybody at home, but just, I mean, that's just a different, it's a whole different deal when you go out with the World Outlaw guys and all, all the Lucas guys, you know, uh, it's definitely a huge challenge. Well, I don't think that you, you even have to preface that when we look at the fact that in the last 10 years, a Michigan guy's only won a summer national hell tour race twice. One guy from Adrian run the, won the birthday race down at uh, Oakshade, and then, of course, Dona won the Tri-City race last uh, last year. But talk to me about how important this partnership you have with uh, Bill Stein is. You mentioned them earlier in the show. They're on your car now for 2021. And when we talk about high-performance race cars, sprint cars, late models, pavement, dirt, all we ever hear is that that shock package is so important. What are you looking forward to this year with them? So, yeah, so, like, I was I was kind of kicking around the Longhorn deal uh, probably about last March or April, but I didn't really know anything about them, and I didn't have anybody to go with. Like, I didn't couldn't, you know, couldn't pick my phone up and call anybody because they don't have any Longhorns. And then um, towards the later part of the year, Right before Charlotte, I kind of got hooked up with Bill Stein, and I actually had them on at Charlotte, and then it just kind of kicked off our relationship with Aaron and uh, Kevin Romley has been a huge help. Vinny Giuliani has been a huge help. He helped me big time over the past week or so. So that's really nice, you know, like kind of with the Rocket stuff, they just tell you, you know, here's what you got. This is what you should maybe change, but they don't really tell you much. And then it was really nice this weekend. I could pick up my cell phone and you know uh call kevin or i could call aaron or i can hop on a four-wheeler and go talk to some other longhorn guys and just kind of get pointed the right direction so i made me feel really good and super excited about it and uh hopefully we'll get you know even better here later on in the year i think the other thing too to be excited about is it's no secret that uh, bill stein is reinvesting in their late model program we heard this during the beginning of speed weeks down at east bay where uh i heard a couple of segments about bill stein and how they are really invested in late model racing this year 110 percent they want winning dirt late model cars and uh man that's uh, that's an awesome time to get on board with them yeah and it's just about timing right and i I always tell everybody that you're only as good as the people you surround yourself with. So um, once that kind of popped up and I, I just had to put my hand in it and I, it was something I wanted to do. So we fully jumped on board, but I mean, they're totally reinvesting. Like you said, I mean, they're putting all their time, all their effort and there's zero secrets. There's zero shortcuts. You can pick your phone up and you'll call them and they'll, you know, say this is what we think you need to do or this is what we might be coming out with. And that's really nice. Um, kind of where I was you couldn't do that you know this was your shock package and this is what it's been since 2016 and this is what it's going to be and and that was kind of tough when you know I mean because I come from asphalt racing that uh shock package change every week every month every year so I mean that kind of bummed me out and I was beating my head up against the wall trying to get better and I had changed some things on my own and I was a little bit better with it but it was just it's super rewarding to pick up your phone I can I can call any of those guys and they'll help me out and I'm, I'm really looking forward to this season already well you know what i thought was cool chad you know you, you had a rough week down there in florida and um man it, it doesn't take much to to kind of put that stuff to bed uh, looks like you had a great time uh on the beach with your family um and you had a big smile on your face sometimes uh that stuff can put it all in perspective can it oh yeah i mean that's just you know that's part of it at the end of the day, like I had it in my uh, Facebook post. People don't ever, you know, any of the trophies you win or nothing like that. It's always about how you treat people, uh, how you are towards people. And 
what you do to help people. So uh, it was really nice to do that. Um, I will say to anybody listening that I would not recommend staying at Daytona Beach. Um, it's pretty sketchy, come to find out. <laughs> I mean, people try to charge us one night coming back from dinner. So, um, yeah, and it's it's really scary after dark. So it's kind of like when you're home with your kid, make sure you're home before the streetlights come on when you stay Daytona. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> well, it's a good thing you're a good old boy from Michigan and you can handle yourself, Chad. My gosh. Yeah, so we got out of there. We left. We were going to stay until Sunday morning. We actually left Daytona Saturday morning, and uh, I just had enough. It was it was pretty scary. Went to Orlando, hung out there all day, and that was really cool. And um, for sure, it puts it all in perspective. And hopefully, I mean, she's growing, man. She's got her front teeth coming in, and she wow. didn't let us sleep a lick all week. Um, <laughs> she was up every two or three hours, which made it very tough to go to the racetrack and I got to sleep in a little bit. Today was the first night that she actually, you know, slept all night, and I got to actually sleep in today, so that was nice. And then we're right back to the grind, so I'm trying to get better already. Is that man, too- man, man, you better watch out. You're going to have to get you some mini wedges. Watch. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I already told her she ain't racing, man. There's a, I'd rather her pick up some golf clothes. I'm not very good at golfing um, or can play basketball, but I'm short, so is my wife. So she's probably too short for that, so. I don't know if she can play tennis or soccer or something or softball, but I would definitely love for her to not. You not watch. Race. Dad um, Dad can say that all he wants, but Grandpa Finley's going to get I involved, know. and that's going to be the end of it. <laughs> It'll probably be Grandpa that's going to get me in trouble more than anything. He's, uh, <laughs> he's already wanting to buy mini wedges for the, for the grandsons, and I'm sure she won't be far behind, but she's not even crawling yet, so. I don't want to think that far ahead. (laughs) Chad Finley, it's always a pleasure to catch up with you, man. Uh, And and I do want to start the season off by allowing you to do this. We talked about Bill Stein, or excuse me, uh, Bill Stein Shocks. Who else is on the side of that 42 car that's going to help make you competitive this year? Auto Values back on board. They've been with me since 2009, I believe. Airlift's back on board, which they didn't help us last year just because everything going on with COVID and stuff. But they're able to help us out this year, so... Super excited to have them back. Of course, I Team Engineering, everybody over to everybody over to Bill Stein, everybody over to Longhorn, all those people, uh, all anodizing and uh, slicker graphics and everybody that helps us out, man. I really appreciate it. All the fans, thanks for voting. Um, that was really cool to see all that support. So I would encourage you to all buy T-shirts as well because we do have some left, and I would like to sell out of those. So uh, just thanks, everybody, for the support and all the time and effort, and uh, hopefully it can be really good this season. Chad, we look forward to it. Hopefully, we see you at a racetrack soon. Uh, I know Florida didn't go how you wanted to, but uh, g- good job down there making the show a couple of times. And man, we'll look for you to racetrack here uh, here real quick. All right, guys. See you soon. Thanks for having me. Well, Rich, as we say every week, our thanks. Uh, can I just say Rich? I don't want to say his last name wrong again. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to Rich. Mercero. I, the R keeps falling out of the spelling of his name. Mercero. Thank you, Rich, for joining us tonight. Great job. And, of course, Chad Finley. We always appreciate talking to him and seeing what's going on. I'm going to tell you right now, Rich, watch that 42 machine because I think that trip to Florida may have put a chip on that young man's shoulders. Yeah, I, I think he's really excited. You know, I got to talk to him quite a bit. I think he's really excited about that Longhorn, brand-new Longhorn chassis. Um, as you can tell in our discussion, um, he, he really wants to make that thing right because I think he's – he thinks that's going to be a very good asset for him. Um, and it probably will be because that's what all the fast guys are running. Uh, you know, a lot of those out there, not a lot of them in the state of Michigan, but uh, a lot of them out on the road. And that's what he wants to do. So, um, you know, I hope he gets that thing figured out and gets that, like you said, that base set up for it to where 
then it's just a little bit of adjustments here and there everywhere he has to go. Well, I tell you what, we have reached show close, and Rich, we're in the middle of February. A belated happy Valentine's Day to all of our race lovers, by the way. Hope you guys had a fantastic weekend. Um, what is coming up, Rich? I mean, we're getting closer and closer to racing being closer and closer to us. Well, Zach, uh, even though Speed Weeks is officially complete, uh, the super late models continue to be in action down south. Uh, on February 20th, coming up this weekend at Citrus County Speedway in Florida, February 27th and March 6th at the Showtime Speedway for two big $10,000 win events. And then on March 6th, the Alabama 200, Jake Garcia looking to go to defend his title from last year down at Alabama. I'm going to have to catch one of those races, and it's probably going to be February 27th at Showtime, that $10,000 oh. to win Triple Crown race. Because you'll I be think down I'm there. I'm going to check that one out. Yeah, you'll be down there uh, on what we call the vacation, but uh, you'll be down there nonetheless. Do we have any locals going down again this year for figure eight racing? They're already down there, and uh, they just ran this weekend at Auburndale. Uh, we had uh, Eugene, the big machine warden. Remember him? Oh, yeah. Uh, he, went, he went down there, and so did uh, Dennis Wisman. Dennis Wisman Sr. is down there. Those two were both running down there. Um, they didn't have the finishes at Auburndale. I think I think they're having another race at Showtime, if I'm not uh, if if I'm not mistaken. But uh, yeah, they had the race at Auburndale this week. And this by week. the way, we did get a chance to talk to the figure eight drivers back on season one, I do believe, uh, which you can go back and find that show either on our website, horsepowerhappenings.com, or you can search for it on our SoundCloud page, go all the way back to season one, and Rich and I did have a chance to talk to, was it Dennis? Did we have Dennis on the show? Yeah, I remember we, I, I, when I went down there two years ago. You talked to all the, of them. Uh, for the right, we had a round table with yes. all of them. Yep. So we just we just did them all together. We had, we had Eugene, we had Dennis, and and we had Jeremy Vanderhoof there. Mm-hmm. We we got to talk to all of them, sit them down there, and just let them. You know, we just kind of. Sh- got there to shoot the breeze about figure eight racing and racing in general. So it was fun. By the way, race is coming closer to home. Now it's a little bit of a drive, but we do know there are several drivers planning to attend the Bristol dirt nationals. That's March 15th through the 20th. And uh, with, if, if all the stars align horsepower happenings, we'll have someone down there to cover that. Also, uh, we should send somebody to this as well. We might have to split the duties, rich France, the 24th annual Indiana Icebreaker at Brownstown Speedway, the uh, house that James Essex built, as Bob Dillner said several times during East Bay coverage, is also on Saturday, March 20th. So that's going to be a pull of uh, some loyalty there to Bristol Dirt Nats and uh, the Luke Soul Late Model Dirt Series. So that's coming up on the 20th, and uh, that's not that far away. If you're looking for a little four-hour drive south, uh, from the state line of Michigan. It's a great little facility. Had a chance to go down there a couple of times. And, uh, man, what a good racetrack. What a lot of fun racing right there as well with the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series. And then the following week, Rich, the 26th and 27th, Mars Thal Brawl from LaSalle Speedway, the house that Tony Izzo built, and Mars uh, Racing Series. So that's going to be a lot of fun as well. We're on the cusp. I'm excited. I'm getting jacked up just talking about our upcoming schedule, Rich, because we're so darn close. And I'm, I'm going to jump right in. I can promise after I get back from uh, from being down in Florida, I can guarantee you I will be at a dirt track in March. <laughs> Have my word on it. <laughs> Love it. Well, uh, I again, promise. our thanks to Rich, our thanks to Chad Finley uh, for joining us tonight. On behalf of Scott Menland, who pays the bills for Horsepower Happenings, on behalf of Rich France, I'm Zach Heiser thanking you so much for tuning in. And we'll talk same time, same place right here, Horsepower Happenings. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. 
Catch up on past episodes by logging on to horsepowerhappenings.com. And be sure to tune in next week to keep up on what's happening.